The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. we're going to be beginning a new series which we're looking at over the next few weeks and the series is entitled Reaching Out, Reaching Out. So I guess you might be able to think what that's about. It's about evangelism and we're going to be talking about reaching others with the good news of Jesus Christ. And today the message, if you like, is that of understanding why. So understanding, understanding why we should be reaching out. Now, I know that as soon as I say that, understanding why we should be reaching out in your minds here, certainly those of you who have been coming to church for a while will be thinking, well, of course, I know the answer to that. We should be reaching out because Jesus says so. It's great commission. That's what we should be doing. So you're all thinking like, okay, I've got that sorted, done. But you see, when we do that, I'm not really interested whether you know the answer to the question. Because I'm aware, and I guess you are aware, we're all aware, where is the passion? Where is the action? Where is the desire? That's what we need to look at. It's not whether we know the answer to the question, should we be reaching out? Yes? Okay. We know we should be. We're trying to look at what hinders us, what stops us, what is causing a lack of desire, what's causing a a lack of interest in this wonderful gospel that we have been blessed to receive and that we want others to receive. So it's really about understanding. And today, I want to look at some of the challenges, some of the things that we need to overcome. I want us to bring us to some understanding of three particular areas which I think are important. So we're going to look at these three areas briefly this morning. And they are to understand what God has done for us. Secondly, to understand that lost means lost. And thirdly, to understand that the end of all things is drawing closer. So we're going to look at those three things. To understand what God has done for us, to understand that lost means lost, and to understand that the end of all things is drawing closer. So firstly, to understand what God has done for us. Now, when I say us, I'm including everybody in the room, but I'm talking to those people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ and would claim that they are Christians. So I'm talking to you. Now, in his first letter, where Peter is writing to the Christians that are spread across the Roman regions that he has been dealing with, which if you had a map today would basically be modern-day Turkey. He's talking about the churches in that area, and he writes this, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And as believers in Jesus Christ, Peter is here describing what God has done for us. This is the work he has done on our behalf. And Peter tells us that we are, we are chosen. We are a chosen people, is what he says. We are chosen. That means 
as a Christian, you, and you can touch yourself, I'm making contact with you. I'm talking to you about you, and this is what God has done for you. He has chosen you. The Almighty God, the maker, let's just put it in context, the maker of the whole universe, the one who upholds the universe, okay, out of the 7.9 billion people that are on this planet, he's chosen you. Now, you ought to feel special. You ought to feel singled out because you have been. Because his concern and his love for you is that direct, is that minute, that out of all of those billions of people that are on the planet, he is saying, I choose you. Now, I don't know whether anybody is actually adopted. And sometimes there's a feeling, oh, I'm adopted. No, no. The word adoption gives us a real understanding of this. Because for somebody to have been adopted, it means you're not here because of an accident. You're here because of a deliberate choice. I have chosen you to be part of my family. That's what adoption is. You've been brought into a family. You were once outside and for whatever reason, rejected, despised, overlooked, whatever that might be, God has done this for us. He has said, whatever you felt you were, I am choosing you because I love you and I want you to be part of my kingdom. God has said that to each one of us who are Christians. We are chosen. Not only did Peter say that we are chosen, he said that we are God's special possession. The Bible teaches that we are not our own. There's a tendency, especially in our society, just to live for ourselves. But actually, that isn't biblical teaching. The Bible teaches us that Jesus has come to pay the price for our sin. There is a work that has been done on the cross. He has come to die to set us free so that we might be freed from the captivity that sin had over us and that we can enjoy relationship with God. So Jesus' death on the cross was a price. That death was the price paid for our lives. Therefore, we belong to God and we are God's special possession. So we are not only chosen by him, but we are his special possession. And Peter goes on in the verse that I read. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have a purpose. We have a purpose. It's good to know that we have value. I am somebody. I have a worth. I have value. That makes us feel, oh, good. I'm not a nothing. I I have value. Everybody here has value to God. Incredible value. But I want to tell you, you don't just have value. You have a purpose. You have a reason to be here. And God who took such lengths to rescue you out of darkness, he is wanting you to fulfill a purpose that he has for you. And that purpose is that we might worship him. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you're fulfilling your purpose? 
It's not just that we sing in the kitchen when nobody else is watching. You know, wow, we're singing a worship song. Worship is more than just singing in the kitchen and dancing in the kitchen or being free in the kitchen or wherever. Worship is that we are saying, Lord, you are worthy of my life and I will serve you and you are leading me and you are guiding me and I will let you be my shepherd to direct me. That is more what worship is like. We are chosen. We are God's special possession. We have a purpose. But Peter also said in that scripture that we have a past. We have a past. There is a history to our lives as Christians. And this is the history. We were once living in darkness... But now we are living in his light. Now we talk of our past and we might look back over our childhood. We might look back over our teenage years. We might look back to even that first date or that first job. There is a timeline of our lives, a history of our lives that we could look back to. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact, not that we've just had a timeline We have a past, but our past as Christians is this. We were once in darkness. We were once in darkness, but that we have been called out of that darkness into his light. There is a past, there is a history to our lives. And we were in darkness, but now we have been brought into the light. And you know what? When we were in darkness, we had absolutely no idea that that was the case. Why? Because we were in darkness. And you know what it's like in darkness? You can't see. You can't see what's around you. You're prevented from understanding almost what's around you because you're in darkness. But God has come and rescued us out of that darkness. We need to understand what God has done for us. We are chosen. We are God's special possession. We have a purpose. We have a past as well. Second point overall. We need to understand that lost means lost. When I talked about our past, I said that we were in darkness. And the truth is this. When you were born, you were born into the kingdom of darkness. And the ruler of that kingdom is Satan. You were born with a sinful nature, which he, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he entices, he influences, he encourages He encourages us to produce the fruit of his kingdom. So that in our lives, we're producing the fruit which displays his kingdom. And his kingdom is darkness. Now, I don't really need to talk very much about this because we have all experienced seeing that fruit, that evidence of that kingdom in our lives. And if you're sitting here and thinking, well, no, I've never noticed. Well, let me just encourage you to get someone who knows you to come alongside you And just talk to you about what they have observed in your life. And I'm quite sure that they might somehow be able to point out to you the things that perhaps you hadn't noticed, but they had found very obvious. Because we can see fruit in other people's lives. And unfortunately, we can often see the things of darkness. Now, Jesus describes the character qualities of the ruler of the kingdom of darkness like this. John 8, verse 44, where he's talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. 
So if we were to put up the character qualities of Satan, here are Satan's character qualities. He is a murderer. He doesn't hold to the truth. He lies. And in fact, lying is his native language. That's what he's so used to. That is the language that he uses. So being part of God of the kingdom of darkness means that we are producing the fruit of the kingdom of darkness and that we are influenced by Satan's lies. And please know, when you're in this kingdom, you are constantly being deceived. What is deception? Deception is when we are misled by a false appearance or false statement or false information. We thought it was true. We assumed that that was right. We assumed that what we were being told was, was the right thing and we should get hold of it. But deception actually is a, that wasn't true. It was a lie. We were misled. We were deceived. And in the kingdom of darkness, you are constantly deceived. Satan seeks to mislead us, to deceive us with false or corrupted information. And you know what? We were all in that position. Before Jesus came to save us, that is the situation we were all in. And when we were in it, we thought it was normal. That's just the way it is. That's just normal life. We didn't know that we were being deceived. We didn't know that Satan was a liar and was leading us in the wrong way. We didn't know that our lives were producing the fruit of his kingdom. We, didn't. we observe that there are some things we don't like. We just think they're everyday life and that the values that we're holding, they're just normal everyday values. But we were being deceived. That is the truth. And when we want to know the truth about what it was like in that situation, here it is. And here's Paul speaking of this deception that people are in. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, he says this, The God of this age, the God who is ruling this kingdom of darkness, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is, in the, who is the image of God. And Paul actually describes the position of people in the kingdom of darkness like this in Ephesians 2, the first two verses. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's what it was like. And you know, Jesus, when he came, he talked about the captivity that we can experience or the captivity that sin itself brings to us. He says in John 8 verse 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. If we sin, we are slaves to sin. Captives to the kingdom of darkness. And Paul commented to the Ephesian Gentiles what this position was like when he said in Ephesians 2 verse 12, he says, Remember, at that time, this is when you were living in the kingdom of darkness, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, he says, without God in the world. That's the position. So when we talk of people who are not Christians and we describe them as being lost, 
In reality, that's just a mere summary of the position. They're not just lost. They are slaves to sin, citizens of a kingdom that is darkness, under the deception of Satan and the lies of Satan. So if we just say, oh, they're lost, it's really just an understatement. People are utterly locked in darkness and they cannot see the light of God or the truth unless God acts to help them. We need to understand not just what God has done for us, but we need to understand that lost really means lost. And thirdly, just on this first message, we need to understand that the end of all things is drawing closer. (laughs) This is such a joyous point, don't you think? The end of all things is drawing closer. Well, thank you so much. We want to be encouraged with that. Listen, let me just talk about deadlines for a moment. I think everyone here understands deadlines and probably a good number of you, if not everybody, in some way or other has been subject to a deadline. A deadline is when there is a time limit put on a particular activity at work. You know, I want you to accomplish this project and it's got to be done by next week. Got to be done by tomorrow. We know what deadlines are. This work needs to be completed. That painting must be done. These deadlines are being put around us because they give focus. That's good. But we know what a deadline is. It means that there are going to be problems. Usually it means there's going to be problems if we have not met the appointed time and we've not accomplished what has been set before us by that time. There is a deadline and we understand what deadlines are. Now let me ask you a question. Are you an organized timekeeping type of person, or are you more of the laid-back variety? What are you? I suspect you all know what you are. Are you more of the the last-minute.com type person? What what do you feel you are? We're all thinking like, yeah, okay, I'm like this. Well, if I was asked that question, I know what I would be. I am a timekeeper. I'm one of those people that I would rather be five minutes early than two minutes late. You know, that's me. I, I don't like the stress. If you want to go and catch a plane, I don't care. Get into the airport an hour earlier if necessary because I don't want the stress of that. Now, other people are like, oh, get to the airport. It'd be okay. We'll catch the flight. Oh, yeah, we just about got on. You know, that, you know we, we have these different types of people. Now, everybody is different, and I accept that there are people different from me. All right, let's just pose a little question here. We're due to catch the 12 minutes past 10 train let's say, from Bromley South. So we're due to catch that. We're two minutes away from Bromley South Station. We look at our watch. Don't forget this is the 12 minutes past. We're two minutes away from the station. Mm, It's 10 past. What do you do? Are you the sort of person that says, oh my goodness, and you're sprinting to get to the station because you're going to catch that train. You've got to meet that... Or are you, oh, look at that. All right, we'll get the next one. What sort of person are you? Where where, where do you fit on this scale of things? If you're going to meet a deadline, you must be fully time aware. If you're going to meet a deadline, 
you must be fully time aware. You can't afford to be complacent or indifferent. You need to respond to the time pressure that is being brought upon you. And obviously, if that's catching your bus or catching your train, it's like, I've got to be there. I've got to give myself enough time. I need to make it. Listen, this is the challenging news. When it comes to the end of all things, time is running out. There is an urgency about the situation that is around every one of us. And yet we are all aware of the complacency that also lies within us. What's the matter? If we understand the principle that time is running out and therefore there is an urgency of the hour, why are we not more passionate about reaching out to others with the important news of salvation? Oh, but you see, the deadline, of course, the deadline is only known to God. That's what it is. The deadline is only known to him. It's not known to me, so therefore I'm not really under a deadline. And it's true to say, Matthew 24, verse 36, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So the, only th the person who knows the deadline is God himself. So if we don't know the deadline, but... We also know that we have been instructed to look out for the signs, the warning signs, the signs that show that something is stirring. We're aware of that, and we do look at our press, and we do look about what's going on. Matthew 24, verse 6 to 8, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. These things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pains. They're the beginnings. There's an awareness that things are happening. I just, since 2020, I've just started noting down when I see big headline news about any particular thing. So just look at these natural disasters that have been happening. February 2020, obviously COVID-19 pandemic is hitting us. July 2021, there were flash floods right across Germany causing all sorts of problems there. August 2021, forest fires in Greece, Turkey, California, and Italy. August again, 2021, 7.2 magnitude earthquake in Haiti. August 2021 still, Taliban take over Afghanistan. September, volcano erupts on Spanish island La Palma in the Canaries. December, we have the Delta variant of COVID breaking out everywhere. January 2022, undersea volcano erupts in Tonga, most powerful eruption for 30 years. February 2022, Russia invades Ukraine. February 2022, 6.2 magnitude earthquake in Indonesia. These are the things that are happening around us. The signs are telling us, okay, the end hasn't come, but don't you feel stirred to acknowledge that things are happening? And as it said in Matthew 24, verse 6, these things must happen, but the end is still to come. And Matthew, in chapter 24, verses 42 to 44, goes on to say, therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know the day on which your Lord will come. 
But understand this, if the homeowner had known in which watch of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. When I had my catalytic converter nicked from the car outside the front of the house, my next door neighbor came and said, I think I saw something looking at your car. This is, you know, eight o'clock in the evening, summer's evening. So there's plenty of light around. Oh, no, no, it's okay. They've gone away. Fine. No problem at all. When I started my car up the next morning and found that actually, yes, it sounded more like an F1 uh, car now than anything, I realized, oh, the catalytic converter's been stolen. It happened without me noticing. If I'd have known, I'd have been out there and said, no, you're not touching my car. I'm not having this. And the point that's being made is, listen, you're not going to let anybody break into your home, your life, affect your family or anybody else. If you'd known about it, you'd have been there. We need to be watching and waiting. For this reason, Jesus says, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour you do not expect let me ask this question. Why should we seek to reach out to others with the powerful news of the gospel? Well, for this very good reason. If nothing else, because time is running out. We are running up against God's deadline. That's the truth. There is an urgency about the times in which we're living. If we don't reach out, it could be too late and we don't want the people that we know and those that we love around us to be left behind understanding these things I said it's not just an understanding this morning about whether we know should we be reaching out yes we should be we know that Jesus has told put that down understanding these things we need to understand what God has done for us how he has chosen us, how he loves us. We need to understand that lost doesn't just mean lost. It means that you are totally locked in the kingdom of darkness and you cannot escape unless God moves to remove you from that place. And we need to understand that the end of all things is drawing near. This understanding will help us as we seek to learn more about reaching others for Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.